I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but act like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, a five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'll be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them talk. All right, all right, all right. We are back, my brother. How are we feeling? We're ready. We are ready to rock and roll. Um, 100%. <laughs> I just checked. It looks like we might have kicked our boys off of uh, YouTube. So <sighs> sorry about that, fellas. Didn't mean to do that if that's what happened. But we're uh, live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter. <laughs> And if you're First listening time. to the audio podcast afterwards on Apple or Spotify, come on over to that YouTube channel. Uh, we're eight short of 600 subscribers. So come Ooh, on over. Right the there. water is warm. Right on the, the cusp of that 600th. That's fun. I'm ready. I'm ready to get back into some fantasy talk, man. We're getting towards the back end of the season. We, wa- we are in the back end of the season. It's week 11 coming up. That's really playoffs, uh, man. Four, four, maybe five more games left of the regular season before you're in there, depending on how your league structured. Man, we're right there. It's like uh, it's crunch time. It's you know that you're watching red zone, and when Scott Hansen comes on with the witching hour, when wins become losses, <laughs> losses become wins. This is the witching period of fantasy football, where playoff contenders become near misses for the playoffs and where guys who are in the basement of the division surge back. And it could be a variety of things that get them there. Breakout performances, coaching changes at this time of the year can spark offenses. We can see different players coming back from injury, players getting injured. Just that shift in power within your leagues can happen so quickly. And we've seen it, it seems like every year, there's always that front runner type of team that has a couple bad breaks, narrowly misses, and someone that resurrects their team and makes their way in. So a lot of a lot of wild stuff. This is what fantasy football is all about these last four weeks. Yeah, and I think this is the, the, the time to not only obviously fight for your playoff hopes, but start to think about what that those playoffs look like for you. We've got a dynasty league that three or four years, the eight seed has won the the championship, right? Because once you're in the playoffs, it's a one week, anything can happen. Yeah, it is. You know, and that's what fantasy football is all about. It's one week play. Like anything can happen every single week, obviously over the course of um, the, 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 the regular season, you have multiple weeks to figure that out. But once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So start planning for that now. Start looking at if you're streaming quarterbacks all year long, start looking at those quarterback matchups for the playoffs. Start looking at those defensive matchups for the playoffs. This is the time to start preparing for your championship. Don't wait until week 15 to then try to pick up that, you know, streaming quarterback that's going to be playing against the Arizona Cardinals or whatever, you know, like go get those guys now. Start stashing them. At this point, we don't have too many bye weeks left, right? And so you should be able to rotate a lot of those other guys off of your roster, 
Fill those with those guys that have better matchups that you can stream for that week 14, week 13 buy that's going to come up and bite some people in the butt as they're yeah. getting towards it. Or maybe that injury that hits or, you know, a starter gets benched a couple weeks early because their playoff positioning is solidified. Those are all things that can happen and have and have happened um, in, in playoffs. So, you know, just just things to watch out for. Teams are going to play it a little bit safer in the real world with the NFL. So if somebody tweaks something and they're a contender, you know, we were talking about Rashi Rice. So he's the first one that comes to mind week 13, week 14, he tweaks something in his ankle or whatever, or, or Pacheco, you know, I can count on the chiefs to hold that guy back the remainder of the season, most likely. And so having that contingency is huge for sure. Yeah. The last thing I'll, I'll mention here as we, Prepare for the playoffs really over the next couple weeks. If you're holding on to that guy, that guy that hasn't done anything all year long, you know, we're getting to the point of the season. If they're not producing still, it's probably time to move on. If you need that roster spot to pick up that handcuff running back, if you need that roster spot to pick up that streaming defense for the next couple weeks, it, it's okay to start moving on from these guys who just. Right. are not performing the way that we thought they would perform, whether it was when we drafted them or when we picked them up, um, you know, because they're the hot waiver wire guy and they haven't done anything, you know, thinking about like McLaughlin, McLaughlin, whatever his name is at Denver. Like he was hot for a minute, but he's not anymore, you know, and he's really right. outside of being a Javante Williams handcuff at this point. You don't need him. So just think about those things. I don't mind handcuffing running backs at this point in the season. I don't really draft that way, but now that we're this far into the season, if you need to, I don't mind that. If I've got Tony Pollard, maybe I try to pick up Rico Dowdle. You know, if I've got Brian Robinson and and uh, some reason Gibson's not picked up, maybe I look at pick. You know, there's 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 some good handcuffs out there that yeah, I definitely look at um over the next couple of weeks. Try to get them on your bench. Absolutely. Yeah. Time to time to cut ties on your Christian Watsons and your Rashad Batemans. It's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, Bateman, <laughs> man. Woof. Bateman's been like a four-year freaking project, dude. Golly. <laughs> Nate, what is up? Nate's in the chat with us tonight. Ready for another b- big week out of Keenan Allen, Dak, and Jameer Gibbs. I need a big yeah, Gibbs I, week. I, I, I just want to make sure we caution Keenan Allen. You know, we want to make sure he's in this week. I, I do think he'll end up playing, but I know he came out last week, huge week last week from him, huge week from Dak and Gibbs. Um, yeah, that's uh, you got those guys on your team. You're looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, we'll we'll jump into some NFL news here, but first I want to give a shout out to Dak Prescott for doubling Brandon Cook's season output in a single game. <laughs> while the person I was playing started him. So I just want to say thank you, Dak Prescott, finally getting Brandon Cooks the ball the one week I needed you to keep status time. quo. And and guys <laughs> like Brandon Cooks, Noah Brown, they had to get played last week because there was no Eagles, no Chiefs, no <clears throat> Dolphins on the slate or on the weekend, right? That's that's four or five top top fantasy guys, uh, you know, pass catchers that you're not playing. Right. So you got to play guys like Brandon Cooks and Noah Brown, and they have great games. And you know that that's like the first time they've been started all year, and here they are having oh, great yeah. games. 
blood boiling to, to say the least, especially when you're rostering Tony Pollard and you can't get one damn touchdown. <laughs> Is Tony Pollard the most frustrating fantasy running back of all it's, time? It's frustrating to me because he's still top 20. Like, how is this happening? How is he constantly dodging the end zone and maintaining this status that's like, who am I going to start over him? Because I know it's going to be the one week I put him on the bench like DeAndre Hopkins where he goes off for three touchdowns. So it's like waiting around for that. (laughs) And it's like, but it's a couple seasons long too, right? Before it was always like, oh man, why do they keep playing Zeke? This Tony Pollard guy is the real deal. Look at him. You know, was it was it Thanksgiving last year? There was a there was a prime time or a like a single game slate that Tony Pollard just absolutely went off. Caught a yeah. screen pass, took it to the house, and just dominated. Two it was on the, the only ground. game on TV. I think TV it was like a three touchdown game, like, honestly. Why are they playing this guy? Like this guy's obviously <laughs> you know better than Zeke, and then Zeke's gone. And now Rico Dowdle is getting in the end zone and 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 Ferguson and, and Lamb and Dak runs it in and Lamb runs it in. It's like y'all just scored six touchdowns and Tony Pollard hasn't even sniffed the end zone. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's frustrating as a as a Tony Pollard guy, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's been a love-hate situation. Loved it the first three, have hated it since. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, Dak, Dak's been playing. Dude, Dak's been off the chain this year. He has, he has great. really played great. Um, absolutely yep. played great. Definitely using his legs a little more. This new offensive scheme, maybe maybe mm. Kellen Moore was the issue. You know, Maybe he was the problem. But, Dan, we got a lot to get into, so we probably ought to get off Let's of our it. Pollard soapbox um you know we'll talk news obviously as we always do start sits if you're in the chat tonight as always please throw your start sits questions in there we'll get anything you have answered for you and we'll go through our own starts and sits and per usual we'll end out the the week with a little bit of thursday night action kind of get you started on your lineup builds for tomorrow night Uh, but we'll start with we'll start with the week 11 bye weeks, Atlanta, New Orleans, New England, and the Colts. Dan, any guys jump out to you here that we're not going to have on our, on our, in our starting lineups this week? If you've been starting anyone on New England, aside from Ramondre Stevenson, <laughs> I mean, even Ramondre is no, nothing greater than a flex play at this point. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but your season might be done if that's a position yeah. that you've been in. For the other teams, you know, you got your Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, maybe. We don't know if what we're going to get from him anymore. But Bijan, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara being probably one of my favorite draft acquisitions on any team I've picked him on this year. And then, of course, Michael Pittman has just been the model of consistency. Yep. He's going to get you your 75 and six catches just about every single week. So those are all guys that could leave some holes in your offense. Not nearly as bad as last week, yeah. right? When you got Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams with Puka and Cooper all on the bye week. Um, this one's a little more palatable, but definitely some star power here still. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. JT is starting to get involved in the game in the in the offense a little bit more over you know last yeah. couple of weeks, week after week. So hopefully getting out of that bye week he'll be more healthy. 
And then Bijan, dude, Arthur Smith finally used him last week. It was awesome to see. Finally. Uh, you love to see it. Hopefully, hopefully coming out of the bye week, he'll continue to use him because Bijan is very, very good. Yeah, he's been great. Not leaning on the, the committee as much. In Atlanta, yeah. so that's huge for sure. I did for, hear for that they, they were Bichon. planning to do this. That you know, all along they're planning to kind of slowly ramp up Bijan, and maybe that's really the case, or maybe that's just an excuse because so many people are, have really, um, you know, put the fire to Arthur Smith for not using Bijan. But I really hope after this right. bye week that I mean, I think Bijan, talent wise, Bijan has the talent. To be a league winner after the buy down the playoff stretch definitely has the talent to be a league winner. If somebody's out there that doesn't really trust Arthur Smith, take a shot. Try to see if you can't land a trade before uh, the bye week's over. If they're in a bye week hell this week for some reason, they've got Bijan and Kamara and uh, Pittman or something. Like maybe they need a running back, so send them Bijan. Maybe they got Stevenson as well. So. You can go get a guy like Bijan this week just to give them somebody to play. So definitely not somebody that I'm necessarily like desperate to grab, but if somebody's you know really low on him, this could be a good time to grab him. Well, I think that's a good talking point too. Uh, before we keep going through the news, it's like teams are going to be you know uh, managers are going to be a little more desperate to get into the playoffs, especially. They're right on the fringe of that wild card spot or the division, and they got this bye week. They're going to feel the pressure of that a little more than what they would otherwise. So I think now is the time to, you know, buy low, sell high, those situations for, you know, any trade scenarios and and stack your roster up a little bit to put you in a better position for your own playoff run. Um, there's going to be risks involved with trade no matter what, because you never know when in the next injury or whatever the case might happen. But, you know, take advantage of that. If you feel like there's a player you can go out there and get, just <laughs> best case scenario, you get that player. Worst case, they say no, and you keep your status quo that's right. with a team that's already going to – already been taking you to the playoffs. So. <laughs> that's right. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the two-for-one, so especially if I've got a pretty good team taking two players and trying to upgrade one of the the positions. Um, Because at the end of the day, like you're only going to end up starting a handful of guys. And so, yes, while you need your bench, if you've got a couple guys on your bench week to week that are performing, put them with a, one of your studs and get a better stud, right? Can you, can you put Mike Evans with a running back and get AJ Brown or something to that matter to where you're, you're upgrading one of your positions, but you're upgrading your starter. And so I try to do that a lot, uh, especially down the stretch when I don't, my, my bench doesn't matter as much because you're, you're only a couple weeks left and you're trying to get to the playoffs. So take a, take a look at some two for ones if you, if you can, let's uh, let's jump into some injuries here though. Big, big news out of Cleveland today. Deshaun Watson. Uh, man. He's donezo. Got that shoulder. They said it was uh, a broken bone in his so- shoulder. Yeah, they're saying it's a different injury than what plagued him earlier this year. Something he ended up playing through in that game. But he's going to need to opt in for that season-ending surgery. And that puts Dorian Thompson 
what is it, Robinson or something Robinson. like these five names? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be in line to start for that team, and that trickle down is going to be something to see. Amari Cooper significantly less production without Deshaun Watson. David and Joku, the same story. This does really great things for the stocks of Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt because I think they're going to shift more to that running style, kind of like what they did with Nick Chubb when he was in full time. But, you know, one of those things that uh, maybe you have two quarterbacks, right? Just not to steer too far from the trade conversation, I guess. You got C.J. Stroud. You've got one of the top five guys. You can flip one of them for someone that needs to replace Watson. Like those are scenarios to explore as well, but this is definitely going to have a trickle down effect for any of those Browns players. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you and I are both talking about a Brown uh, later on and it's not in the start column. So uh, (laughs) I think that we are, we are both on the same page without talking about it. I can just see in the sheet, we're on the same page with how we think this affects this Browns offense and uh, definitely lowering our expectations around them. <clears throat> There's Absolutely. a lot of positive news though this this week. A lot of guys coming off of or at least opening their window for to come off of the IR. And uh first <laughs> and foremost, man, my my boy, I've been waiting on this guy for for four weeks now. Devin A. Chang coming yes. back, man. Let's go. He looks so great, so fun to watch, just explosive. And he, I mean, he fit right in with this offense. I'm so happy to see how he's going to be back this week. Really looking forward to seeing A-Chain back on the field. And he's the one, I think, outside of these quarterbacks, but um, he's one of them that I think is he's in line to play this week. Yeah. Uh, all signs are pointing to it. Not a terrible matchup. They have the Raiders this week. so um, One of the best matchups in the league. Pretty, pretty good to get him back in at that time. It's funny. He was out for the, for the first three weeks of his four weeks out. He was still top seven running back, which is just insane to me. Um, and, and right now I think sits right outside the top 15 after last week's slate of games. So yeah, getting this guy back is going to be a huge game changer for any teams that have him on the roster, on the squad. I've got him on two, of my teams that are already holding playoff positions. So I am loving the return of Devon Chan. Yeah. Only really played three games. And like you said, top seven, like that's, that's just ridiculous. Efficiency. Because his first finest. game, he only had two touches. Yeah. And against new England, nothing week one, two <clears throat> touches against new England. And then absolutely goes off for, what seven touchdowns and three just a games. tear just a tear well I, I think with most leagues he's the highest scoring player on the year with what he did in that game against mm-hmm. denver right four yep. touchdowns in that game so yep. it's pretty wild that here's uh, a schedule real quick las vegas great matchup gets the jets twice and the jets actually are, are a pretty good matchup on the ground they are a heck of a defense, and uh, through the air, you can't really move the ball at all. But on the ground, they're actually not as good as it might seem. Washington's gettable. Tennessee hasn't been 
Neely is good on the ground. Um, they've given up Real over 100 stingy. yards rushing over like the last four weeks, which is kind of weird because that's a defense that we wanted to avoid a yeah, lot. But they were given super stingy early in the year. And then playoffs are, you know, Jets, Dallas, and Baltimore. So you don't necessarily love that. But for me, a guy like A-Chain and, and this offense, I'm not worried at all about it. No, not at all. Baltimore, honestly, I think you can get some solid yards out of him against them. Dallas is going to be tricky. It really is going to depend on what the game script calls for in that one. Because I could see the Dolphins just picking on their secondary and kind of relying on Tyreek and those guys. Um, not to do too much analysis for a game that's happening in six weeks or four weeks, something like that. So um, obviously going to be a huge boost for your team in the short term and getting you into the playoffs at, at the very least. <laughs> Another stud coming back, uh, obviously this, the stud, Justin Jefferson. Consensus number He's one. Yeah, he's still questionable <laughs> for this week, but it looks like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, should make it back for this week. Automatically, you're putting him right back in his in your lineup. Josh Dobbs no has doubt. been pretty good recently. Uh, you know, going over Minnesota, been really great actually. Um, if anything, I think this actually drops Hawkinson a little bit because Hawkinson has been on fire since Josh Dobbs has come over. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Dobbs just loves Hawk, and you can see that connection. But I do think Jefferson kind of takes a little bit, not not too much. Minnesota's on fire just as a whole, as a team. So getting Jefferson back will be great. And then two quarterbacks, Matt Stafford will be back. Not necessarily a, a big deal for your quarterback position. I think it's a big deal for Cup and Puka Nakua, though. Uh, oh, you yeah. Wanna, you want Stafford in there if Even you're relying me. on those two guys down the stretch. And then uh, somebody who is important for your quarterback position, Justin Fields, will be playing this week. Super excited to get Fields back. Uh, if you remember last year, it was the six-week stretch down the down the end of the season where he really started going off. Not saying he's automatically going to do that again this year, but this is about the time that he started taking off last year. Uh, coming back from injury, we'll see how that goes for Justin Fields, but happy to have him back on the field. Absolutely. I think that's going to be a big boost for DJ Moore, who's been missing him a little bit the last couple of weeks. No touchdowns since that absence. And, um, you know, while he's still getting plenty of targets, it just hasn't been the production that we saw with fields on the field. So <laughs> definitely anybody that's got DJ Moore out there, you got to be feeling pretty happy about that. Um, a lot of trickle downs with Stafford coming back. Totally agree there. I think another angle to look at too is Dobbs when he was with Arizona really focused on one guy right he yeah. was always you know, the Hollywood Brown that was the main guy getting double digit targets a game it's going to impact Jordan Addison too uh Justin Jefferson coming back so while you've been able to kind of rely on him as an every week starter might need to switch it up might need to pivot back to some of those other guys when when JJ gets back on the field just a little observation on that one yeah, if they had a good, if they had a great quarterback, you could play. You could have high hopes for all three of them. But yeah, uh, you know, Addison, Hawkinson, and Jefferson. But um, this is the first time I realized they all ended with son. So I don't side note. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Addison, Hawkinson, and Jefferson. Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into Madison. starts and sits here. Addison, Madison, man. Madison. Oh goodness. <laughs> Golly. 
Well, we know what that GM looks for whenever he's scouting talent. Last <laughs> names only. Let's get into our start sits of the week. Uh, let's first start with Nate's question here in the chat. And thank you, Nate. If you are in the chat here with us tonight, throw your start sits questions in here. We'll answer them for you. He says a chain. What? Well, start sit a chain and Browns D. Do you start them or sit them? I guess is what he's asking. That's um, a chain's yeah. an automatic start for me. I agree. I'm with you there. The Browns are playing the Steelers this week. Uh, Steelers, yep. In a, in a divisional matchup. I like that start. Yeah. I like. I mean, it depends on, you know, are you trying to stream them over one of your constant defenses? Like, if you have the Steelers, stick with the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like, if you're already playing Washington against the Giants this week, stick with them. But if you're looking for a defense to play, Cleveland's available, or maybe you have Cleveland and you're trying to decide if you need to stream, I think you're good to keep Cleveland in there, 100%. Uh, Kenny Pickett, not necessarily the most dangerous quarterback. These games tend to be very low scoring between the Steelers and Browns, at least as long as you're not looking at that Baker Mayfield playoff win over them. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all other things being constant, man, the Browns. They've been, if anything, they've been all over opposing quarterbacks and applying pressure, getting sacked, generating turnovers. I'm not worried about starting the Browns defense this week. Yeah, I like the Browns 100%. Um, Kenny Pickett is – I don't think he's it. Uh, maybe maybe it's not a Kenny Pickett problem. Maybe it's a Matt Canada problem, but um, there's a problem there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That is for sure. you got to sort some things out. <laughs> All right, let's get into our starts and sits of the week. And, Dan, I'll let you kick it off with your starting quarterback. Yeah, man. I'm jumping on the C.J. Stroud train, and not just because he's playing Arizona this week. Obviously, that's a great matchup for him and and what he can do with all those other pieces there in Houston. But this is also my opportunity to tell you to just keep him in your lineup. If you don't have Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, maybe Prescott at this point in the season, or Lamar Jackson. You plug him in every single week. That's going to be your number one starter. So I love C.J. Stroud's uh, potential this week to match his season average on passing yards, which has been over 300 yards. He's well on track for rookie of the year, and he's going to throw some touchdowns against these guys. You know what's funny is like Houston has a – a negative pass rate over expectation. So essentially they're not passing as much as what, you know, they would be expected to be passing, but they're just so efficient and they've got CJ Stroud and Nico Collins and Tank Dell and now Noah Brown, like the resurgence of Noah Brown over the last couple of weeks. Uh, It's (laughs) it's just been, it's just been awesome. I mean, he's, he's been pretty efficient with some of his stuff and, um, yeah, I would agree with you. Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver, Jets, Tennessee. You're Tennessee twice in the playoffs. They got a bad, bad defense. I'm I'm excited to see CJ Stroud here down yep. the stretch. And no, you know I, the Texans be, like, gonna t- mess around and win that division. So I was say, like I, I was about to say, like, could he lead this team to to the playoffs and like they're winning the South? Can he be the MVP? No. I'm not ready for so? that. All right. 
If they pick CJ Stroud, I think he's got rookie of the year wrapped up, right? Oh, that's a that's a done deal. I yeah. might put some cash on that just for shits and gigs, but if they take CJ Stroud over a guy like Tyreek Hill, I mean, just well, change yeah, but the, name the, of the damn award. Always, the change the always name of the award if you're going to give it to CJ Stroud over Tyreek Hill. <laughs> change the damn it's, name because it is not a valuable player it, at that point. <laughs> I kind of just want to see. Uh, I, I want to see what it would be. I'll see if I can find it. I just want to see what his odds are for MVP, honestly. Stroud? Yeah. Oh, man. He's got to be like plus 1,200, which is not bad odds, but I think it's just because a lot of betters are putting some money on him. Season awards. Here we go. MVP. Uh, Mahomes leads it at plus 270. CJ Stroud is one, two, three, four, five, sixth in the betting odds at plus. 2,000 behind 2000. Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Lamar, Joe Burrow, C.J. Shroud. Joe Burrow's got more MVP He's club been than moving up, surprising. I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, Tyreek is is the leader in the clubhouse for offensive player of the year. Because that's what it is. MVP that's is wrapped up. MVP is the quarterback. Player of the year is the, you know, running backs or wide receivers or whatnot. That's literally what it is, right? Like that's all these MV, these award NFL awards are. All right, let's get back to fantasy football. Less about betting. Uh, if you want <laughs> more betting, you can always check out Sportsbook Junkies on the the Bite Size Sports YouTube page. They actually went live right before us tonight, so go <laughs> check them out. Um, talking all all sorts of sports, racing to NCAA basketball, NBA, NFL football. NCAA football, I mean, they they hit everything. So if Run you love game. betting, go check them out. I'm going with Sam Howell this week for my start of the week for quarterback against the New York Giants. Washington third highest pass rate over expectation. They're only behind the Chiefs and the Bengals. This team is throwing the ball and throwing the ball a lot. Obviously, Eric Bieniemy there coming from Kansas City, going to Washington. He's doing his thing with Sam Howell, letting him cook all over the place. The only time, not the only time, but the main time that Sam Howell struggles is when he's being pressured. The New York Giants have the second worst sack rate in the fo- in the league. I liked how last week against the Seahawks for the exact same reason because they also are pretty bad at applying pressure to the quarterback. He put up a top five week. I love Sam Howell this week. Um, the Giants are just a really bad football team. They've mailed it in for the season, I think. Oh yeah, they're they want Caleb Williams at this point. That's what they're doing. Might as well go for it, New York baby. You keep Tommy DeVito as your starting QB and not make any other changes. You're tanking. Yep. So no, that's a that's a that's a great great pick. Howell has been honestly very serviceable as a fill-in. If you're, you know, not banking on him on a weekly basis, he's going to get you some respectable points. So I really like that start. On uh, on the running back side of things, I'm looking at Javante Williams going up against Minnesota. Minnesota really not the toughest rush defense in the league. They're about middle of the pack. But I love the volume that Javante Williams has gotten the last three weeks, which just happens to coincide with the Broncos winning streak. So yep. they've been leaning on that quite a bit. 
Russell Wilson's had less than 200 yards in the majority of his games this this season, and a lot of that's because they've been relying on the running game, um, which is now focused on Javante Williams. So about 80 yards the last three games, couple touchdowns the last couple weeks, including one against the Bills, plenty of work in the passing game, you know, three, four catches a week. I see that continuing against Minnesota this week as they continue to ride him out um, and, as a, and in their possible playoff run. So we'll see. We'll see what happens Man. there. I think we all expected expected that from Sean Payton to eventually get Williams involved in the passing game. We saw what he did with running backs in the past. I'm going to turn the, the clock back, but yep. Pierre Thomas, Reggie Bush, you saw it with Alvin Kamara before he got out of there. He's he's gonna you know rely on Javante quite a bit. So I like him this week. Yeah, the, the running back in the defense, that's Sean Payton special. It's starting to show up there in Denver <laughs> right now. But it, it's uh it's crazy to hear you say that their potential playoff run. That's just uh crazy to hear. The AFC is mean, wild right now. Beating the Chiefs, beating the Bills. That's a good start. That's a good start to a playoff run. Great. I'm going great uh, resume. I'm going Raheem Mose against Las Vegas. We've already talked about A-Chain quite a bit. And I think what's going to end up happening is people are going to see A-Chain is back. And now they're not going to want to go to Moster because A-Chain's back. But I think I think that's not going to be irrelevant by any means just because A-Chain, got, or A-Chain is back. We saw both of these guys get there uh, previously whenever A-Chain was in. Now they get a, a team in Las Vegas giving up over 135 rushing yards a game. I think Miami is going to run the ball and run the ball a lot this weekend. And I, oh, yeah. I uh, just caution, like, don't don't sit when he mostly just because Devin A-Chain is back. Put them both in the lineup this week. <clears throat> Um, I mean, are we feeling another 70-point game against an AFC West team? I feel like it could trend that way. Like, game script could get them to just hand the ball off. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I would. I would love their team. Their their over on their team total for the week. That I I would like that. (laughs) Make me happy. Yeah. At wide receiver, I'm going with DJ Moore. The return of Justin Fields is big for him. They're going up against Detroit, who has allowed wide receivers to just run rampant on their defense. We saw what Keenan Allen did last week. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, The Seahawks receivers had great weeks against this defense. I feel really good about DJ Moore this week and keeping him, or at least plugging it back into the lineup after having some subpar weeks the last couple weeks with Fields out. I need it. I need it for my soul. I need it for my fantasy, for my fantasy <laughs> teams. I need to get DJ Moore back out there. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you're absolutely right, and I expect to be starting him everywhere as well. I'm going a little further down the rankings this week. I'm going to put Rashi Rice in as my start of the week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Rice led all all Chiefs wide receivers in snap shares in weeks eight and weeks week nine, and he's led all wide receivers for the Chiefs in targets from week seven through week nine. So their last three games they've played. Coming off of a bye week, this is a perfect opportunity to integrate a rookie even heavier in a in a offense. The Chiefs are desperate to find 
who that number one wide receiver is going to be behind Travis Kelsey as the second pass catcher. You get a bottom five pass defense, and the Eagles are the best fantasy um, opposition for wide receivers. They're 32nd in the league in uh, fantasy points allowed against wide receivers. So, you know, the injuries have really depleted this secondary. It's a it's a really decent defense up front, but the back end is pretty porous. I look for Patrick Mahomes to potentially um, have a pretty good game here. And if this offense can get to go in, and Rashi Rice could be that number two pass catcher, give me some Rashi Rice this week. Love that play. Love that play. I know I'll be plugging him in as a flex on a couple of my teams this week for sure. One of them I'm plugging him in over DeAndre Hopkins, so there you go. Uh, tight end. I'm looking at Jake Ferguson as my start of the week. My man, Jay Ferg, is on a three-week touchdown streak mm. with the Dallas Cowboys, and he gets a juicy matchup against the Carolina Panthers, who are like bottom three in the league, again, uh, you know, as in terms of fantasy tight ends and allowing that position to score in particular. The Panthers' defense, I've talked about it before, they're ravaged with injuries right now. They are going to get J.C. Horn back here soon, but they're still going to be missing a lot of their defensive pieces, which has just allowed teams to carve them up. So, Jay Ferg, sticking with him this week as who I think is going to be the number one overall tight end this week. Fergie, you need to share some of the touchdown love with your boy, Tony Pollard. Come on now. (laughs) Come on, let somebody else score a couple of those touchdowns. Let's start with Prescott just handing – Pollard the ball inside the ten. Just w- a couple Just times. Give him, you know? give him a freaking shot, man. Give, give him, him a, a couple chance. chances here. <laughs> I, I uh, I'm gonna go with Trey McBride out of Arizona here. This is this is an opportunity. You you mentioned it earlier with CJ Stroud. This is an opportunity for me to just talk about Trey McBride, the second best tight end over the past three weeks. He's been great. Like, he has been awesome and. Kyler Murray's back, and Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, and he's going to keep Trey McBride involved. We're, I don't think we're going to see Zach Ertz again this year. If we do, I don't think he's going to do much. I think that McBride has taken this opportunity back. while Ertz has been out and solidified himself as this team's tight end of the future. If you haven't bought in yet, now's the time to buy in. Uh, if you've snagged him and, you know, he's he's – Maybe you sit on your bench and you have an extra tight end or whatnot. Maybe there's an opportunity to, to trade one of the two. But if you picked him up just to use him here and there, like he's he's almost becoming a a lock in your lineup. So jump on the Trey McBride train because it is it is moving down the tracks. And this kid, he's good. And I think he's going to continue to to flourish over the next couple of weeks with, with Kyler back. See – my draft strategy did not involve drafting a tight end very high this year. I think I took Mark Andrews in one of my leagues, and that was pretty much it. Two of my leagues, and that was pretty much mm-hmm. it. And, that, and one of those because he slipped so far to me, and I just had no choice. But the other strategy I deployed was grabbing rookie tight ends later. Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, and Jake Ferguson, they've all been really great. The downside to that strategy is I have not been able to take advantage of Trey McBride in any of the leagues just because I already have kind of of a solidified position there with either Andrews or one of those rookie duos, a combination of one of those three guys. So 
if you do not have one of those tight ends that you can rely on each and every week that's not getting that volume and Trey McBride is somehow available or available for trade, you, I mean, the positional indifference or difference there for tight ends is insane. Uh, you would be bringing so much value into your starting lineup. You're able to acquire a guy like that, especially for your downstretch. So love the call on McBride and love the opportunity for anyone to go out and grab him before the deadline. Cause more than likely the team that has him did not draft him. So they either have yep. McBride or another tight end that you can maybe make a deal for. I was, uh, I was trying to look it up to see where McBride was on ESPN. Cause I don't, I don't think he's owned enough. No, I mean he's. My guess is probably Ooh, 70, no, sixty percent roster. Yes. So I was going to say sixty to seventy, but still not enough. Still not enough. Go check it. Just, just go take a peek. Maybe he is available in your league, and uh, if so, this is one of those guys we talked about earlier. Just put yeah. it. Even if you don't need a starter, even if you had Travis Kelsey. Or Mark 50. Andrews or TJ Hawkinson, just put him on your bench because he's valuable and either you'll be able to trade him or you'll have somebody sitting there for, uh, you know, in case of, of emergency. Yep. He's, uh, let's see here, 52% on NFL.com. 52% owned there. Not enough. Not enough for sure. And then let's look at sleeper not as easy to find here okay there it is 57 percent in sleeper yeah that's not enough i i would encourage everyone to just go look at every one of your leagues to see if if uh trey mcbride is rostered and if he's not find a way to get him on your bench Snag. All right, let's talk about the sits of the week here, Dan. I'll let you get us started. Yeah, my man, I am going to start this one off with Trevor Lawrence. Not a great showing last week, and I, I mean, it's a divisional game against the Tennessee Titans. I can see them putting a lot of pressure on him again. Trevor Lawrence was on his backside quite a bit in that yeah. last game, and Jags you know, didn't look good. No, they didn't look good at all. And for the most part, I mean, we really haven't seen those big offensive production type of games from Trevor Lawrence. He's been very pedestrian overall. So, you know, if you've got an opportunity to grab one of those other quarterbacks or maybe you have someone else on your bench that you you can alt opt for, um, I would look into some of those other options this week with Trevor Lawrence going against Tennessee just don't like don't like the matchup. They're pretty stingy or they're pretty good at keeping quarterbacks under duress and under pressure. I could see this turning into a situation where he gets sacked a couple times, throws a pick, throws two picks, something like that. Keep it a low scoring game. Divisional opponents, you just never know what you're gonna get on top of it. So I'm not not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence this week. Yeah, kind of underwhelming this year. Eighteenth in quarterback. Um, scoring through 10 weeks, just just very underwhelming. That offense or this team in general last last week in, in particular was um, a little underwhelming. 
And oh, yeah. I was gonna is this in Tennessee? Do we know? It is not. It is in Jacksonville. It's at home. Okay. Uh, I say that because it's weird. Um Jacksonville is actually undefeated on the road and two and three at home, which is just kind of a odd, odd situation. But I think Tennessee is looking a little better. This defense is pretty good, so don't don't mind sitting Trevor Lawrence. It's been a tough year for him outside of like the first week when Calvin Ridley went off. Yeah. No, not uh, not a big fan of him. Who do you got this week? I'm going with Josh Dobbs against the Denver Broncos. This is the this is the hot commodity, right? This is the guy who everybody is flaunting over right now. He's been great. It's an awesome story coming in to Minnesota for four days and having to be thrown into the game after um, the rookie quarterback gets hurt and then goes on the road last week and went. Like, it's been a really fun story. And he's getting Justin Jefferson back potentially this week. So all those things would lead you to potentially want to play Josh Dobbs and keep him in your lineup. But we talked about this Denver team just shortly, a short time ago when you were talking about Javante Williams. Denver faced Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen the last two weeks. Neither one of these two teams sniffed the top 12 in fantasy. Didn't even get close to being a top 12 quarterback. I think Mahomes ended up as a outside the top 25. Like, it was bad when, when they played the Broncos. I think we just need to lower our expectations for Josh Dobbs for this week, and uh, I'm going to sit him. Turning the clock to midnight on the Cinderella story. That's right. It's sad. Is this me? Is this me believing in the Broncos? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like what I said, and I don't like that what you're saying either. <laughs> I agree. My sit of the week at running back is Najee Harris, who's had a string of a couple decent weeks. Like definitely worth a play as an RB two or a flex the last couple weeks. Got a touchdown in their last game. The problem with this game is that they're going on the road to face Cleveland, a defense that's very, very tough, not just against the run, but against offenses in general this year. Not to mention it's that AFC North clash that we know will not be very high scoring. I'm not a fan of Najee. Uh, Jalen Warren likely is going to outpace him in a lot of ways, I think, with with the touches and how those have been dispersed as well. So staying away from Najee this week, putting him on the bench. I like the matchup last week with him, but not this week. I'll just uh, name it really quick because this is uh, player number one of three we're about to talk about for this uh, game that, that we are sitting Oh 32 and a half point over under like the total is so low. I believe it's seven points lower than the next total. If I, if I see it right, six to seven points lower than the next closest total this game, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, we know what these look like on most occasions, right? That's usually a knockdown drag out who can throw the last punch and kick a field goal to win the game. So, um, just, I just, we're going to, you're going to hear about this, this game quite a bit here over the next five minutes, because we are sitting a lot of guys from this game. Um, the running back I'm going with though, is on the other side of the AFC North matchups this week. And it's Joe Mixon against the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be hard for a lot of people. It's Joe Mixon. Like I drafted him high. I'm starting him every week. 
But right now he's outside the top 15 season long for fantasy running backs. And really he's not showing a lot on the field other than his name is Joe Mixon. He plays for the Bengals, like, which carries a lot of clout. But it's not really showing up in the box score. Baltimore, one of the toughest defenses to score on the ground against. I think they're they're tied for third best um, rushing touchdowns against. So I don't think that Joe Mixon can get there on volume alone. So unless he's scoring touchdowns, I could find him outside the top 20, 24 this week. Uh, I want to sit Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon's definitely been one of those guys that has benefited from the jersey that's on his back. The fact that it says his last name and it has those Bengals colors. <laughs> like that's that's been the biggest benefit for him for sure. I haven't really I didn't trust him a lot coming into this year, but I do like the pick. Uh AFC North games are just sticky. I think that's why we have so many of those players from those matchups on this on this list this week. Um, shifting it over to wide receiver, Amari Cooper. You already talked about the point total. It's going to be low. If the over hits, it's not because any offensive players scored. It's because someone got a scoop and score or pick six. Am I right? So yep. put your, that's, that's your cue to put a bet down for a defensive touchdown. Okay. Anything else I'm not a fan of, and that includes Amari Cooper. His production is noticeably lower without Deshaun Watson, as I mentioned earlier in the show. I think he's averaging like, I looked it up earlier, it was eight to nine points, fantasy points a game without Deshaun Watson. So no touchdowns there. Leading the, the the team in targets in those scenarios, but really not able to do much. A target isn't worth a damn if it's not catchable. So those are all things that I look at with this matchup that I'm not in love with. And unfortunately for Amari Cooper, that means he's going to be on the bench. Right for so Like that's where he belongs, right? Yeah. This week, um, I almost put both of those guys, both Harris and Cooper, in as my sits. Like when I was looking through this earlier, they were both yeah. on my short list of sits. So I'm in full agreement with you on both of those guys. I'm going Chris Godwin against the San Francisco 49ers. Subpar season for Godwin. He's always been the volume guy in Tampa Bay. Like he's always been the guy that gets 10 catches. For, you know, 70 yards, but no touchdowns. Like that seems like be his forte. Yep. I don't really think it's who he is these days. And a lot of that's because Baker Mayfield is their quarterback now and not Tom Brady. That's kind of hurt him a little bit. Mike Evans is clearly still the touchdown machine. He's always been. And Baker feels, seems like he's going to him in those big moments. Um, just not enough volume to go around in, in Tampa Bay these days. And now you get a, a San Francisco team that looked way better coming out of the bye than the three games leading into the bye, the bye week, right? So they lost what they lost those three games, I think, right before the bye week. So I expect San Francisco to come in and continue their dominating season and uh, just dominate this Tampa Bay offense. No, I'm in, I'm in agreement there. Don't like Baker's potential under that pressure, man. That defensive line for San Fran is something else with Chase Young in it. I don't know if it's just they're juiced up about having him having him out there or if that's going to be the long-term impact. But, I mean, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, 
you mentioned those four guys are all all pro caliber guys and bona fide pro bowlers. And then on that next layer, you still got Fred Warner and uh, Hufunga in the secondary. I mean, th- there's a lot of names on that defense. I'm going for tight end Logan Thomas. For Washington, obviously, I like Howell. The Giants seem like a juicy matchup, but surprisingly, they've been pretty stingy against fantasy tight ends this year. And I could see this turning into a scenario where Brian Robinson and Howell kind of run the show from a fantasy perspective. Maybe McLaurin gets involved. Maybe you get the odd Jahan Dotson touchdown in the middle of this mix. But I'm not uh, not too keen on Logan Thomas this week. Maybe look at some other streaming options because um, the matchup and the game script just doesn't seem very favorable to me. Yeah, Logan Thomas, a guy I've been using quite a bit in season long this year. So got to find somebody else there probably this week. I'm going uh, with David and Joku. Again, we said we were going to talk about this game quite a bit. He's looked better as of late, but now that Deshaun Watson's out and in this kind of a game, there's just not a lot that needs to be said at this point, but I'm going to pretty much sit as many players as I can from this game this week, David and Joku being one of them. Let's get into our high-risk, high-reward play of the week. We always try to give you guys one of these. You know, somebody who's going to be risky, it's going to maybe not feel great putting them in your lineup, and there's definitely a chance that uh, you walk away from this week feeling terrible about this player. But we also know that the ceiling is very, very high for these players if they were to hit. Dan, you've got a running back here that – I've had multiple multiple leagues, people trying to trade me this guy, and I've <laughs> refused to go after him just because I'm so worried about this offense. But tell us why this guy is a uh, high-risk, high-reward player this week. Man, I'm going with Saquon Barkley, high-risk, high-reward. Obviously, the reward is very high. He has one of the higher ceilings amongst running backs because of what he can do, not just on the ground but through the air. The guy can catch the ball. He can be that safety net for Tommy DeVito in the backfield. He can be that guy that gets the dump offs, the check downs, and they're going to need to <clears throat> they're going to need to rely on him in that facet. Yeah. Now the problem with that is they're going up against Washington, who has a tough front seven. Obviously, they traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but they're still able to generate plenty of pressure last week and. I could see them putting that in position where they get up early. The Giants get in a position where they have to pass the ball a little bit. DeVito's not really going to be able to get it done. Maybe he gets like 100, 130 yards, and Barkley gets shut down. I mean, that's literally the lowest of low floors and the highest of high ceilings that you could look at, and no other player embodies that more to me this week than Saquon Barkley. He's got the talent, man. We know how he, he can pop off at any point in time. So um, don't mind that. I'm going Devontae Smith against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs have stifled wide receiver ones this year and really just wide receivers in general. Been a really good defensive um, def- defensive team so far. 
now you're thinking, okay, it's a Monday night football game. Am I going to be willing to play Devontae Smith or do I want to play some of these other guys on Sunday? Could be a little risky just not knowing what you're going to get out of Devontae Smith on, on Monday night. But we've seen Devontae Smith go nuts before. I think that this this game in general has a chance to go, go nuclear. Like, if the Chiefs offense figured anything out over the bye week, just anything, we already know the Eagles offense is great. It's humming. But if the Chiefs figured anything out, this game could be the highest scoring game uh, of the weekend on Monday Night Football. Could be end up a great game. I assume you're going to it, so you know it's got to be great. Devontae Smith could could really, uh, you know, have success and, and be, I guess, a guy who who is paid off by a high-scoring game and a high-scoring affair. So I think that there's definitely going to be an opportunity for him this week um, if this game goes nuclear like I think it could. Yeah. I mean, this could end up being – a big time scoring game. I think the point total for it was like 45 and a half, 46 points, yeah. but you know, chiefs defense definitely can get stingy in those scenarios. And all it's going to take for Devonte Smith is one big touchdown to turn that thing around. So I love that as the high risk, high reward. I think that's kind of been his MO in a lot of games this, this year, but that seems to be the biggest one of it on the season for him, for sure. I hope the game goes off. Like, I just hope it's a back and forth. <laughs> I haven't seen that from Chiefs games this year like we're used to, and this would be the perfect spot, right? You got Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, the top two MVP guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, favorites, the top two from last year, Super Bowl rematch. Like, this game is just both teams coming off a bye. It sets up to, to really be like an in-season classic, and I'm just I'm oh, hoping yeah. for that. I'm excited for that. Will you be there? Yes, I'll definitely be there. I'm planning on having a. I'm planning on it being a great game, so I want to leave that place happy with a win. That's the ultimate goal. But uh, if we can get some some points scored in between there as well, and cap off what I think is going to be a great week in the NFL, then that's an that's an even better treat. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's Thanksgiving week for us. I'm off on Tuesday. I'll be enjoying the game. That's beautiful. Enjoy, enjoying myself <laughs> at home, but I'll be enjoying it uh, for sure. It'll be it'll be a fun game. Let's get that. to our quarterbacks and defensive streams of the week before we talk a little Thursday night football that that Bengals Ravens matchup that we talked a little bit about earlier. I'll start with streams of the week. We've we've taken a couple guys from this Houston Arizona game so far, and Kyler Murray is back, and he still runs the football. He still uses his legs, so you know he I was love scooting, him man, as a fantasy football player, right? Forty five percent available across ESPN platform right now. Absolutely a streamable option for you this week, and and potentially a another guy that you pick up and just keep and let him run, you know and uh, see what happens the rest of the season. But 45% available for a guy like Kyler Murray who uses his legs so much is is uh, is an issue to me. Like everybody sh- – th- this guy should be 99% rostered. And I think this is just a, a product of people being behind still a little bit. He didn't go off 
I think he had like 18 fantasy points last week, so it wasn't like he went crazy. But he has that ability to go crazy. And Arizona, I know, is, is it's been, you know, they're not really super talented. But the team has played hard this year. This coach has kept them in games. And I think Kyler is going to come in. He's got something to prove. Is he going to be the quarterback yeah. in the future? So pick him up right now, stream him this week against Arizona. Nope, against Houston. And uh, and maybe you just keep him on your, on your team the rest of the season. Yep, definitely on the clock there in Arizona. This is like a contract year for him almost. So I'm, I would count on him popping off, <laughs> at least putting his best foot forward. My quarterback stream this week is Jordan Love. I have been in a love-hate relationship with Jordan Love this year. Sometimes I can't stand him because he just disappears, <laughs> and sometimes it's like, okay, you need to be this guy more often. But his matchup this week is against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have just been uh, almost escorting opposing wide receivers into the end zone this year. <laughs> and so I I just really like the opportunity for him to go out there and put up not an amazing game, right? Not He's not going to throw for five touchdowns and 350, 400 yards. But do I expect him to get maybe 275 in a couple touchdowns? Absolutely. And, and in my opinion, that's a great streaming option. 275, two, three touchdowns, no picks. That's going to be right about where you can expect Jordan Love in this game. And, um, you know, if if Aaron Jones doing him any favors in the passing game, maybe that gets even higher. So they got to get Aaron Jones more involved in that passing game. Yep. Absolutely. The, the, are the Chargers – so you you bring in Kellen Moore. You're still a bad football team. <laughs> is this is this the end for Staley? I mentioned this in the show we did, the Fastest 40. Uh, recorded that last night. So if you're looking for another football podcast, Chiefs podcast in particular, we really recapped a lot of what's going on in the AFC, including the Chargers and how that's going to impact the Chiefs at the end of the day. What I cannot wrap my mind around is what does Brandon Staley know about the Chargers owner that has allowed him <laughs> to keep this job for as long as he has? Now, I'm not that guy that's like, you know, I'll never be that guy that's like, we need to fire this guy or they need to fire him or do that or do this. But I am genuinely surprised that he still has the job. Right. I think you lose to the Lions. You've dropped a couple other what should have been winnable, very, very winnable I, games. I mean, sub 500 at this point in the season, it's not very excusable when you have a player like Justin Herbert and all the pieces around him on offense. You're supposed to be this defensive guru. You've got this incredibly talented defense led by Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. I mean, are you kidding me? I I just don't understand how they're not how they're not winning games. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. The Chargers Chargers going to Charger. I think that's the only that's way right. you can say it until they fix something. A part of it's a little bit difficult because when you when you look at uh, their schedule, right? They they beat the the Vikings and and Raiders and Bears and Jets. Like, of course you're going to win those four games. Like, you should win those four games. And the, they play the Vikings today. Maybe they don't beat them anymore. Uh, 
but at the time the Vikings were kind of struggling. So you you win those four games. But the outside the Lions, they've lost to the the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Lions, and the Cowboys. Like, so then you're also like, like, yeah, that's four games that you're probably gonna battle and lose in, right? It just to me, it shows me that they they're very mediocre and they can't win the big game. They can't they can't win. You can't beat those teams. And out of those four teams, you've got to get a win out of it. You've got to get at least one. Get one of those wins. Um, they've got the Ravens coming up, the Bills, and then the Chiefs again. I don't know. I think this team could probably still make the playoffs. You've got the Packers, Patriots, Broncos twice, Raiders again. You've got winnable ball games on this schedule. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that I think they're definitely uh, Definitely trending in the wrong direction and, and on the cusp of, of missing the playoffs. And that's going to, I don't know, that, that's just going to hurt Brandon Staley and maybe he's finally fired. Um, it's just it's just an interesting conversation because this yep. the team just is not performing the way that we needed to perform. Keenan Allen is. Keenan Allen went off last week. Love to see that. Great. Love Eckler's to see that. been putting together some again. good Eckler's solid games good. last three weeks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even Justin Herbert, right? You look at the numbers they had in this last game. He was two for two in the red zone. They were like they were above fifty or sixty percent third down conversion. Herbert threw for over three hundred yards, had a couple touchdowns. Keenan Allen obviously popped off, and they lost the game. So I mean, it's yeah. not too often you have a combination of those things and lose the game. And it seems to keep happening that way where they're defying the odds to lose. <laughs> and so Every I don't time. know. I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, we'll see if they figure it out. Uh, it's not going to hurt me if they don't. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Who are you all. streaming at defense, brother? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Miami. Uh, Las Vegas, yeah, they looked fine last week. You get your first, um, you know, you get your first. Game with with Pierce as a, the the um, coach now and all the things with Las Vegas, but at the end of the day, Aiden O'Connell is still the starting quarterback for this team, and uh, the Miami Dolphins are coming off the the bye week, so I I think I I'm very comfortable playing the Miami Dolphins defense this week. No, I, I totally agree with that. The Derek Carr doppelganger. Not a lot of trust in him. Dude, every time. Got the same number and everything. Like, what are you it's doing? It's so weird. It is so weird. But, yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. <clears throat> There's not been a lot to trust in with Miami's defense, but I think you can feel pretty good starting them this week if you have to. Yeah. I'm looking at Washington. They've had some solid performances throughout the season. They're playing the Giants again. I think they're just going to pummel these guys. It's going to be a situation where the Giants don't score a ton of points, so you're going to get that cushion. We'll also potentially get a couple turnovers and sacks in the mix as well. Um, Washington's been spotty with their performances as a whole, but when they pop off, they pop off. So Washington, I think, for not too many more reasons that I have to explain, is a clear streaming option this week. Yeah, this was actually my pick, and then I got to the show doc, and you had already picked them. So, uh, <laughs> woe is me on that one. I I, uh, I missed it out. If uh, before we get to our Thursday night showdown lineups, if you're with us here tonight, thank you for being here. 
we'll catch some of your last minute start sits if you got them here. Uh, throw them in. Hit that like button if you would on YouTube. Just helps helps us out quite a bit. And if you haven't subscribed already, we're only eight subscribers away from 600 on the Bite Size Sports Hook Network. Hook it up. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Be here with us every week. Uh, Lee, thanks for being here as always, man. Um, you never miss a beat. We did talk about A-Chain tonight. We talked about A-Chain early on. Uh, but really just to, to recap, you're putting him in your lineup. Like this guy was absolutely electric for those three games. Seven touchdowns in three games. Two of the three were multi-touchdown uh, games. You're putting him in your lineup this week. Las Vegas Raiders, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. I think Raheem Moster, Devin A. Chain, everybody, you know, start your Dolphins, y'all. Start your Dolphins. <laughs> Hashtag start your Dolphins. It's that easy, man. You get an offense like that, you just play them. Have to. You absolutely have to. Thursday night, man. A lot of viable fantasy football options oh, yeah. in this game. So it, it's a little bit of a juicier matchup than the Bears-Panthers game that we got a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, can so, I, can mean, I just say real fast, I'm just happy. I'm excited for the primetime games this week. Yeah. The primetime games have been shit. Like, they've been bad. They've been rough. I'm excited for Al Michaels and Herb Street to actually call a decent Thursday night game. Yeah, we get a good Thursday night <laughs> game. The Monday night game is obviously going to be great. Who I don't even know who's the Sunday night game this week. Um, Vikings Broncos. I I can get down with that the way the Broncos have been playing, but not mm. going to be like high scoring. Yeah, but to get two out of the three, like it's just been it's been so bad. Like I feel like outside of the Vikings 49ers game, that one stands out to me. That was a great game. Jordan Addison going off helped me win a, a tournament as my MVP that, that night. Um, but outside of that, like I just don't remember any good primetime games over the last couple weeks. So I'm just excited about the primetime this week. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, there was a slate a couple weeks back. Maybe it was like, us it wasn't even like all the primetime games it was like the sunday slate had a marquee matchup in each section like yeah. you started with chiefs dolphin it was that oh, week yeah. you started with chiefs dolphins and then you went to uh raven seahawks i think it was and then you had the bills and Bengals at the primetime sunday night game and then there was another game in there i think it was maybe uh niners cowboys and, and eagles with that cowboys, Co and, cowboys eagles. and eagles yep yep there it is so that was the last like good slate where you were like, "Damn, I'm gonna get some good football All in today. I'm gonna get some long. good football in this week." So yes, a hundred percent. There's a lot to like about these primetime games. But so that week, the two other two primetime games: Titans, Steelers, and Jets, Chargers. It's just, it's just the Steelers been, end up being a decent game, tough. but Jets, Chargers is poo poo. <laughs> no. I hope that we see some fireworks. That's what I want to see this week. Yep. Uh, Bengals, Ravens, they have absolutely the offensive firepower to bring some fireworks. Uh, so I'll let you start. What is your DraftKings Thursday night football showdown lineup? Yeah, I was putting this together, and I ended up hitting submit on this thing. I don't always submit them. I don't always play the Daily Fantasy on the Thursday night games. I'll usually, if I do, I'll do it on, on Sundays when I can get some more players in the mix. 
But I ended up really liking this lineup enough to just say screw it and and put the money down on it. At captain, I got Mark Andrews. I love his potential here. He's got he's going against the Bengals, who are top or bottom three against tight ends in the league th- this year. So running with Mark Andrews in the captain slot. Gonna follow that up with Lamar Jackson, so I can have that connection. I figure I'm fading a lot of people who are putting Lamar Jackson in their captain spot or putting Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase in there. So I'm actually going to leave both Burrow and Chase completely out of my lineup and rely on a lot of Ravens here. So following up that Ravens kick is Gus Edwards and Zay Flowers just to get everything going on that Ravens offense. And then to finish up everything, I really wanted to go with Justin Tucker on this lineup, but I decided to go with two Bengals wide receivers since T. Higgins is out. So I'm rolling with Tyler Boyd and Trent Irwin, who Burrow tends to find on a couple of very long passes a game. So I'm kind of counting on him to take advantage of that in the Justin Watson type of role for a deep touchdown. And then maybe a couple of other, uh, you know, spot treatments here and there on, on those, those third down conversions. Yeah. Irwin had the touchdown last week early in that game. And uh, I had a, uh, I had Irwin, I had a Burrow chase Irwin double stack. And when wow. Irwin hit, I'm like, okay, now we're cooking with gas. Let's go. Uh, I don't think I end up cashing with that lineup, but at the end of the day, <laughs> but I'm like, man, this is exactly what I needed. I mean, he's super cheap. I don't. I assume he's probably super cheap on Showdown as well. Um, he's definitely yeah, I think he's like 4,700 maybe in that particular challenge. But he's very cheap on on Fanduel as well. Easily could put in every one of my lineups if I needed to um our lineups are not quite are, are not very different which is just interesting first of all i did not even look at your lab so when you just said andrews i was like oh okay now because i also put andrews in my mvp spot <laughs> um it's a great spot for mark andrews and lamar jackson so put andrews in the mvp it's different on fanduel if you if you haven't played DraftKings or fanduel DraftKings, you actually have to play, you pay 1.5 of the salary. But in, in FanDuel, all the salaries stay the same. Doesn't matter if you play them at MVP or not. So uh, if Mark Andrews is is a uh, $10,000 salary, he's what, $1,250 as the, or $1,500, I guess, as the captain. Whereas if he's $10,000 on FanDuel, he's just $10,000 as MVP. So it doesn't change for, for FanDuel which usually brings quarterbacks to be the optimal captain. I still continue to play pass catchers because that's always given me more unique builds on FanDuel and give me a chance to get to the top. I also am playing Tyler Boyd. I am picking Boyd over Irwin for my um, lineup strictly because Boyd had that drop touchdown last year, last week. He still had 10 targets. I think that I think, Burrow is going to try to force feed him a little bit to rebuild some of that confidence after dropping that touchdown. Like it's sometimes it's psychological, right? Like you dropped a touchdown. Let's get you um, active early and often in this game just to get that out of your system. So I like that. And then I'm going to go Keaton Mitchell. I know you put Gus Edwards in your, in your lineup and Keaton Mitchell has been hot. He's not necessarily getting the volume that Gus Edwards is getting. 
but he's a lot cheaper than Gus Edwards. And if I can get him um, in the end zone one more time, it's going to pay off. And then I did go ahead and put Justin Tucker in here. So I've got a similar build in terms of uh, I got four around one, four Ravens, one Bengals. You mentioned you're going heavy Ravens as well. So I think we're both kind of in on the Ravens for tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, no, totally. I'm, uh, I don't know. I think it's just the got a little bit of a negative vibe around the Bengals right now. And no T. Higgins again. I really don't like sucks. Uh, I like the positional, or I guess the. I don't feel like a lot of people are going to put Boyd and Irwin in their lineups, right? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of Jamar Chase, a lot of Joe Burrow. Um, so just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit with it. I don't know. It looked yeah, good to I me. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Before um, I get my closing statements out, I want to answer Lee's question here Devontae Smith or Tank Dell. If Nico Collins is out, I'm going back to Tank Dell. Yep. Against the Cardinals, this Houston team is is humming. I know I talked about Devontae Smith being my high risk, high reward type player. I don't think there's a lot of risk with Tank Dell, so I'm going to go Tank Dell in this situation. No, that's exactly where I'm at. No Nico Collins, you got to go Tank Dell. He's obviously going to be that guy that supplements a lot of those targets. Devontae Smith, a lot of potential. But Tank Dell seems like a much safer play in that scenario. That's uh, Nico Collins misses time. Absolutely. Any anything else before we close it out? Man, I don't think so. I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling pretty good about all of my redraft leagues. Sitting at five and five in a couple. I'm uh, six and four in another one. Seven and three and eight and two. On all five of mine, so I'm okay, feeling now. feeling good going into we're the playoffs on. or towards maybe, the playoffs. Uh, maybe next week we can kind of give a, a quick rundown of where we're at. I, I with with redraft leagues, um, I haven't really looked into where where I'm at with all my leagues, but I, I'd love to give just a quick like rundown of kind of yeah. where we're sitting for the season, and how we're looking for for playoffs. So maybe uh, we'll, we'll kind of do that a little bit next week. Give the give the people a little bit of a peek behind the curtains of how our teams are doing. We're the ones giving you all the advice each and every week, uh, following our own advice, following the advice of our, our, like I follow your advice all the time. So um, yep. just kind of, that's listen, what we're here I for. I listen to you all the time too, man. Like there's a uh, lot there's, of, a lot of perspective you can get from other people when you're not just staring at your own lineup the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so always hit us up in Discord if you want. There's a link in the in the description. Join join the Discord here for Bite Size Sports. Um, obviously, you can join it and talk fantasy football with us, but there's also all sorts of sports talk happening all day, every day in Absolutely. the Discord. So go ahead and join join that. Hit us up. We'll answer your start set questions all throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter or on X. I'm starting to get there with the X thing. Uh, on X at Trevor S underscore FF and then follow bite size sports. Um, subscribe to the channel. We've got so many shows going on, uh, added a racing show. So if you like racing, Nate's been doing some racing, added a betting show with sports book junkies. I know that Kev's been getting into, um, some fighting action. He's been actually live, uh, calling live, uh, fights. 
And so if you're into UFC style fights, um, jump on to, you know, he partners with Carnage Media and they run some fights that he he actually goes there and and calls live. So he does some some pre and post interview type shows with them as well on our on our channel. So if you like sports, we've got it all for you. Make sure you subscribe to Bite Size Sports on YouTube and uh, come 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 be a part of the family here at Bite Size. Absolutely. Check Trevor out on Fridays too. Rumbles are red, baby. A lot of fun. A lot of fun getting that always, daily fantasy talk in before the weekend. Um, you can give us a follow at ADP Podcast underscore FF if you're wanting to follow the show on X. Um, at bite underscore size sports if you're trying to follow us on on x there as well then you can follow me at dan underscore tf40 on ig or x and check out the other show that i that i work on the fastest 40 in partnership with odyssey where we're dropping two episodes a week chief centric so my chiefs fans out there definitely want to tune in on that we got some fun stuff cooking up as we get towards the playoffs so a lot to look forward to there um, in the short term, make sure you set your lineups, put those trade requests out there. If you want to run a trade scenario, by us, join the discord or tag us on X and we'll give you our honest opinion on it. Let's go. It's almost playoff time, baby. Let's get it. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me. I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting.